Welcome to episode 231. It's time to take a swing. Why right now is the optimum time to get forward movement on your ministry plans. It's all carpe diem today, baby, on The Reclaimed Leader. Welcome to The Reclaimed Leader, a podcast by two pastors trying to lead their churches through revitalization and change. Their mission, to share their journey with you so it might help you in yours. And now, here, please welcome our hosts, Jason Tucker and Jesse Skiffington. Hey, everyone, welcome to episode 231 of the Reclaim Leader, Equipping Churches for Turnaround Change. I'm Jason Tucker, here again with Jesse Skippington, my partner in crime. How's it going, Jesse? <laughs> crime, Jason, don't implicate me. <laughs> I'm innocent, I promise. No, um, yeah, I love this conversation, Jason. Always the, the opportunity to just kind of wrestle through, talk about what's going on, what we're noticing in our churches in, you know, kind of in real time and how we're trying our best to lead faithfully in the midst of that. And you and I are both noticing something right now. Imagine many of our listeners to some degree or or another are experiencing this too, but there's something going on right now that's in the air on Sundays and in the things we're doing as a church family, church in our congregations. And we want to capture the momentum of it or the, and make it sustainable. So where are we going with this conversation today, Jason? Because I think I resonate with what we were talking about before we hit record and probably a lot of our listeners will as well. Yeah. So let me frame it this way. I think it's time to take a big swing as, mm-hmm. as churches right now, I, because at least where we are in the Northeast and you could, um, and it sounds like what's going on by you too, is that people are ready to engage. We've been banging this drum for a year. We were actually banging it prematurely. We're ready. That. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Wasn't Those quite of there. us who've been, who've been listening for a while. Um, we've been banging on this drum that the people are going to be ready to come back when, when they feel safe enough, when things open up enough, there's going to be an opportunity for anybody who was in ministry during nine 11. You may remember those few weeks after nine 11 happened, our churches swelled with people who were looking for hope, looking for answers. And I know the church that I was serving at wasn't prepared for that. And I feel like we don't know how long this this window is going to be where people are really more receptive, not just to the gospel, but to life and community and coming to church. The time's now. If you're thinking of launching something to reach people, it's now. Take a swing. It doesn't mean like, oh, we want to start a new contemporary service. We'll talk about that. Oh, we want to start a new contemporary service. So you got to launch it on Saturday, Sunday. No. <laughs> Find but, a guitar player. It's right. Time. But you need to take action now because... It's time. It's time. We, yeah, there's, so there's an opportunity in, yeah. in front of us that's unique, I think. And, you know, I, I think what our heart is that we don't want to miss out on an opportunity to engage with the people who are coming back or coming for the first time in a long time. Or there's an enthusiasm to engage and participate in the life of the church, to be connected in community. And we, we want to meet that moment strategically to capture some of that and move things forward to help people stay engaged and keep growing in their faith and have a vibrant community. And so um, I think that's why this is important. It is a unique moment that we don't want to miss. Um, and I think there's a lot of opportunity here. So this is what we're talking about. And you've even actually talked about it in terms of opportunity team. 
uh, creating a group of people that are looking to capitalize on the opportunity that we have right now. Yeah. So I know a lot of a lot of churches have been talking about different initiatives that they want to do. Maybe it's want you want to launch a new worship service, or maybe you want to retool Sunday school. Maybe you want to get some energy around youth groups. Maybe you want to get some energy around small groups or fellowship. And we're going to talk about a few ideas on how to do that. But again, I can't emphasize enough. What we're seeing is, again, people are showing up. I think if if they're going to come, it's going to be soon. And, you know, the classic mistake that we churches make is we'll just talk and evaluate the thing to death and we'll miss the window of opportunity, whether it's from a resourcing point, like, hey, we've got everything we need to move, but maybe we should talk about it again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And we get stuck. It's like, what's the worst thing that happens? The worst thing that happens is we do it, do something and it doesn't work. We do something half-baked and it doesn't really work. And, and I love this quote that I heard today. I heard it on sports radio of all places. Uh, I know Colin Cowherd. I hope I don't have <laughs> I to pay it. royalties for quoting right. him, but uh, he said this and, and I thought, I couldn't help but think this is true in church too. He was talking about professional sports teams and he says, I want my team like a tech company. Take big swings and sometimes break stuff. I'll take that any day over teams trying to convince themselves that their mistakes will work out. Here's here's the piece that I find true about church is that not that what you're doing is a mistake. Uh, I wouldn't frame it that way. I would frame it this way. If you know that something is not working. And and how do you define working? Is it growing disciples? Is it reaching the lost? If it's, is it moving the mission forward? If it's not, all you're doing is convincing yourself that it's, well, eventually going to, well, you know, we'll just, we'll just keep doing it. Cause what else are we going to do? Or, or, We've always done it, and so we can't take that away. But, but you got to think in terms of resources. How many of our resources is this thing, whatever it is, taking up? How much money do we spend on it? How much human resources do we spend on it? How much energy? Because all that's doing is taking away from the money and energy it would take to do that other thing that may work. And so I, I just, I'm a big believer. I think it's time to take a big swing. Take a big swing. Go down swinging if maybe that's Absolutely. what happens. But at least you gave it a shot. You know, I coach Little League. I, I enjoy it. I, I talk to Jason a lot about my Little League coaching experience. It's a ton of fun. But I'm always telling the kids, go down swinging. You know, like get up there and take a hack. That's what it's for. You know, we don't want to just wa- hope that we walk. We want to get up there and hit the ball. So I think this is an opportunity to think in those kinds of terms. You know, um, I actually had a, a kind of an honest conversation with one of our elders as part of our, our governing board in the Presbyterian world on, on our session. And they were saying, you know, before the pandemic, we were doing a lot of forward looking vision oriented things and to always talking in terms of ideas. We had retreats and we brainstormed, brainstormed and we had ideas. And then for the last two years, we've kind of just maintained, you know, and, and hung on and made it through the crisis. And, uh, and I said, so what do you think needs to happen? And they were like, well, we need to get back to that forward looking vision minded exciting because it's exciting to be in leadership for that kind of stuff. But it's not so exciting when all we do is talk about the same thing month after month after month. And I think that was their way of saying what we're saying here. Now is a good time to go for it again. 
to, to push some resources onto the table and take a swing at something. And I think sometimes it can be even just a, a short-term uh, goal that you come up with, with your leadership team, you know, in the next month, we're going to start three new groups. I don't, it does you know, just pick an idea and go for it. Right. So um, what I'm worried about for us, Jason, is that the excitement of the moment, if we don't respond to it in some way to help engage, to help people connect and grow in their faith or find community and connect more deeply in community, that the momentum is going to uh, eventually run out. And then we'll just kind of default back to where we were before. It'll just kind of, it'll subside. It doesn't mean things will be worse, but we'll have missed an opportunity to keep things moving forward. Yeah. And so what we experienced this last week, especially, but really over the last couple of weeks have been, you know, more people coming back. We had done some strategic planning to offer some things we did a fellowship night at a local restaurant uh, that was really well received. We did, you know, we've been doing some things, but it feels like people are stirred up. And that's what I mean is you get a sense that people feel a longing for God and that something's got to change. I, I ran, you know, after so church, good. you know, just yeah. running into somebody at the store and there's like, oh my gosh, you know, my husband and I, our family, we just started coming. It's been two weeks and we've all, we feel like we're more connected with God than we've been in. Yeah. It's in a reigniting long something yeah. in them. Right. I, we, I'd say the same thing. I, I was reading, I, I mean, talked a lot about uh, the long obedience in the same direction, Eugene Peterson's book. One of the things he starts with though, is that that a lot of the time, the way that God works in people's lives is there's this deep dissatisfaction with their lives or the world as it is and a longing for more, a longing for God. And I think we're noticing that or seeing that in the people that are coming. There was a family that came to Marine View on Sunday and we had a uh, a Life Together event after um, our service. It was a kind of a potluck thing and we were outside and inside and this family was there and they were just saying, we don't really know why we're here. And they were just checking things out and they were like, we think something of God would be good for our kids, but we're really not sure what that means. And so what do you think about that? If we're not sure about God or, and I was like, Hey, well, glad you're here. You know, like, but there's something going on. There's a stirring up that's happening. Yeah. hundred percent. So how I got onto this topic was we had something happen on Sunday. Um, But I want to make a disclaimer. I, if this isn't just about numerical, attendance or anything. There's, there's some underlying things in here that I just want to get to. So we had on Sunday, it was confirmation Sunday. And we were, we were packed with more people at our contemporary service than we have ever seen ever. And we, it was, we were not prepared. (laughs) We, we had an overflow section set up where the service feed goes into that room. We did have that just in case, but we have not ever needed to use it, but we had it ready, sort of, we've discovered. It was also a Sunday where our, our main guest services person wa- was away hmm. and we were inundated and we had people steering people to the extra place. We didn't have ushers. So we actually stopped recruiting ushers because they weren't doing anything like Right. Because we weren't passing the plate anymore. So we didn't have ushers helping to actually seat people. And now it was it was mayhem. And Mm -hmm. there were some people who discovered, oh, there's no room in the sanctuary. Will you, you know, please come to the overflow? And they left. Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. And 
And then some who went to the overflow area, they weren't really kind of welcome. I mean, there was somebody there who took it upon themselves to welcome, and that was great, but we needed more hands on deck for that. And the service itself, our production team just wasn't thinking of it because why would they? Um, it just wasn't on the radar that when the confirmation where students were being shown, that should be a video feed. But instead, they didn't hit the video switcher. And it was just the picture of the names of the confirmation. Oh, no. Yeah. It was yeah, like the yeah. slide. The slide up on the screen. Yep, right? Yeah. Right. Um, the, and there was sort of a bunch of like the outs, outside of where we had everybody. There was just like a stack of chairs. Like they're not set out. It's just in a stack on in wheels. Like everything was just sort of in disarray. Yeah. And it was a reminder that we need to be ready. It also, we had made a decision about six weeks ago that we were going to just go with two worship services, our traditional and our contemporary. And we're like, Uh we got to add one. We've (laughs) already advertised. We've already done it, but we had to make some decisions this week said, look, it won't be like this all the time. We're not doing confirmation every week, but we noticed that a big part of the issue actually had nothing to do with confirmation. And we have a couple of big Sundays. So Palm Sunday, we're doing a pancake breakfast and then, um, yeah. and then Easter. So we're like, we got to add one. And then we're like, we got to take care of our environments. We need to send out a training video to all of our guest services folks and to yeah. everybody on deck, like be ready. This is time. So we had to take action now to address it. And we did, we t- massive action. And we also realized that our current structure is cannot handle growth. We- we've tapped out at our current yep. structure. Yeah. So we have some hiring decisions, some org chart decisions to make in the next few months as we go into our next year. Yeah. And I think when you have an experience like that, the analogy I've been using with our staff and you know, take it for what it's worth, but if you're ever at the ocean uh, and the tide is coming in, there are waves that wash further up onto the shore than others. Yeah. But it's an indication of where the tide is going, right? Not all the waves go that far in. And so we've kind of had this, this uh, experience on Sundays in particular with our attendants where there'll be a, a Sunday where it's packed, right? Like kind of like you guys had and the wave washes way up on the shore. And we're kind of like, whoa, what is that? What's going on? And then the next Sunday, it, it, it's not as full. And so we go, oh, maybe we're okay. But what I would say is those those Sundays where maybe is there's a little more traction or a few more people or it's really full, that's potentially an indication of where things are going. So start building now what you'll need to support that in a more sustainable way down the road. And that's the steps you guys are, are looking at taking. But what are those things that you could be investing in or moving toward to, to get ready for that and to make room for that growth? Because whether it's spiritual growth or numerical growth or right. whatever. It's it not is, just numerical right? growth, right? So right. if God is waking people's hearts up and you're in a small town, you're not going to have 300 new people come to your worship service, but there might be an opportunity for spiritual growth that wasn't present maybe two years ago when people were pretty comfortable. And now there's this longing to know more, to grow. And so what structure are you going to build? What classes or groups are you going to offer to help meet that moment uh, and that opportunity for growth? And so. Anyway, I love that. I think that's a great picture, Jason, of a Sunday where you go, wow, we just weren't quite ready. And now we got to get our act together and let's, let's go and not just go, well, we missed it and then move on. No. What do we need to do now? Yeah. We've been in scramble mode and our, our next gen team is trying to figure out how do we 
we need more space. I think they had like 40 pre-K kids in one room wow. or something oh, like that. Oh, no it thanks, was just man. Like, it was like, you know, oh. and I think, I think there was new volunteers that it was like a perfect storm, uh, right? It was yeah, a perfect yeah, storm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if not, you know, that, what is it that your church this is what I want to get to? What is it that your church immediately yeah. needs to make a decision on to take a swing on something you've been talking about? Maybe even you already have money designated for it, but you just been holding off, like, wait for it, wait for it. I think it's now. I, I really do believe the time is now. So here are a couple of things that I hear from a lot of churches. One is we're, we're trying to launch some kind of contemporary worship, but we don't have it all perfectly figured out. Listen, don't wait till you have it all perfectly figured out. Just get started on something like, well, yeah. well, we don't even have a worship leader. Okay, fine. But you know what you could do? And I, I truly mean this. Find a church that has a contemporary worship leader. Approach that pastor and that worship leader and say, hey, look, we're trying to get our people used to contemporary worship. Can we pay you uh, a modest you know, stipend to come down and just lead a praise and worship night for us? And I guarantee you, if you ask a church nine times out of 10, they're going to say, absolutely. Absolutely. Believe me, they're not afraid that you're going to be launching a new service, right? It's not, there's no competition there. They want to help. I mean, it's like our church. Whenever another church comes to us and says, hey, can you help us do that? We always say yes. In fact, we, we have a closet full of sound system gear that we give away every year to churches that are looking to start new services. I, I, the churches love doing that for other churches. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But, but do, a, do a praise and worship night. Get, get on that this week and get it scheduled in the next two months. Yeah, I love it, Jason. I think the time, you know, act on it instead of continue to talk about it, I think is is really important. And this idea of a, a contemporary worship service or another expression of worship or something, like it is a good opportunity now to to think in those terms. And I remember when we started a, a new service, it was part of our Rolling Sunday model. And there was one Sunday where it was a Seahawks playoff game and there was like 15 people in yeah. the whole service. <laughs> and I was like, what did we do? I mean, it felt like it was the wrong call or something, but oh, slowly, but surely over time, it became its own deal. And I, I think, um, so you can start really small and see something take root and grow. And, uh, but if you never pull the trigger, if you never take that swing to see, you'll never know. And you might be missing an opportunity. Exactly. Right? And pastors, find a few people in your church that are passionate about this. And then again, contact other pastors and be like, Hey, can we come meet with you? Can we come pick your brain? Help us to see like, how do we do that? Yeah. I, I think yeah. churches are happy to help each other. Truly. They so, really are. We we've done yeah. that a number of times. Maybe you're looking at your, your uh, lobby area or your narthex or whatever you call your gathering area. And you're wondering how could we design this to be more guest friendly and welcoming? Well, when we did that at Marineview, we went down the road to a, a church that's a few steps ahead of where we are, and we we talked to their staff and said, what did you guys do? How, how did you make this work? How did that work? And they were like, come here. We'll show you everything we did, how we did it. We love helping other churches. So I do think you're spot on. Other churches can be a great resource for this. Another thing is Sunday school. A lot of churches are thinking, I know we need to revamp our Sunday school. We don't have many kids. It's not really compelling. We know that Sunday school is a huge factor when it comes to young families coming to your church. Yeah. A huge factor. If they feel like their kids are going to be with other kids, learn about Jesus in a fun, and want to come back, 
they're going to come even if they don't like church because they want their kids to have that experience. Yeah. So I know a lot of folks are thinking, well, we, we're not sure what to do about Sunday school. Listen, this is a great time to make a change. And I don't think you need, I don't think it takes as much as you think it does hmm. to make a good change quickly. So there are a lot of curriculums out there. We use the orange curriculum. We love it. It's not perfect. We make adjustments to it as well. It's not, it's also not the only option out there, but what it does well is it moves from a, uh, a, a teacher lecture model to more of a conversation model that cares more about developing a relationship with Jesus than memorizing Bible facts. And I encourage you, you know, their philosophy is fantastic. If you go to the orange website and again, it's not the only game in town. There are plenty like it, but you can make a change in your Sunday school and you could use Easter as, as the announcement point. Hey, listen, we're so excited. We've been working real hard to create a really great Sunday school experience coming up. You may want to call it something else, a great, you know, kids experience on Sunday morning, or because sometimes Sunday school has baggage with people mm-hmm. and say, um, you know, Hey, listen, we got this thing coming up. It is going to be a blast. And, and our big launch date is May 20th or whatever it is. Like you could set the launch date whenever you want to give yourself time to figure it out. But listen, use your, your biggest Sunday as the launch point of the idea and then get another curriculum in there. If it's not working, if it's not delivering what you're hoping for, get rid of it. And I know this gets sensitive because a lot of churches have people writing their own curriculum. And I'll tell you this, it's not that you're not good at writing curriculum, but if you buy a really good curriculum, then that time can be used on doing other things that really matter, making connections with families that you're not sitting there stuck somewhere trying to write a curriculum. Why do that? Right. It's like video production. Why would I bother trying to produce a bumper video for a sermon when I could go buy one for 20 bucks with a web license and it's more professional than we could ever do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's certain things we want to craft for our own unique context, but there are so many good resources. That's one of the benefits of a more connected world with the technology that we have is a lot of things can be adapted to our purpose or just used straight out and, and to good effect. And so, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you there. If it's not working, change it. Right. Yeah. Uh, now's an opportunity. I mean, there's a good, there's a good baked in talking point already, which is coming out of the pandemic. What are we going to do? What should we be doing now? You know, I know what we were doing before, but is that still the right thing now? What if we tried, I mean, there's such a huge license for giving it a go. Um, and I was hoping you were going to circle back around to this opportunity team. I don't know that I've ever heard you mention that before. So tell yeah. me what, tell, tell us about that. Yeah. So you may not be able to identify what the actual opportunity is right now, but I still think that's not an excuse to not take action. Here's what I mean. What if you put together something like an opportunity team that says our whole job is to be ready to go when we discern what the actual opportunity is? And maybe your church, our church operates on the fiscal year, so we got a new budget coming up. Maybe it's time to designate a little bit of money for the opportunity team. May, or maybe if you don't, maybe you're on the calendar year, or maybe you're like, we're just squeaking by, we don't have money. Well, how about the next memorial gift that comes in? Designate it for an opportunity team and recruit the people that you want on the, that team and start having conversations. Yeah, Let's pray for this opportunity. When the opportunity comes, what are some things we're going to need to do? Right? So get that ball rolling, get it rolling now. 
you don't have to wait until you figure it all out. In fact, I feel like you figure it all out faster if you get a little forward get movement going. on it. Now. Yeah, you yeah. got to start rolling and then you can figure out where to steer or how to steer. Um, and I would say with an opportunity team, I just I love that picture, Jason. And when I think in t- terms of opportunity with our staff team, there are big opportunities like things that are going to take a substantial big effort, like launching a new worship service or, or something like that. Then there's kind of lower tier opportunities, too. There's there's basic opportunities to change one thing about the way that you gather on a Sunday morning or um, and then, you know, maybe there's kind of a middle tier that's going to take a little more effort, but kind of thinking in terms of, it doesn't have to be some gigantic opportunity, but what is, what is the opportunity today? Something that is, uh, that we can get traction on this week and change in time for Easter. I, you know, yeah. that's the kind of thing, you know, or maybe you're trying to get traction on youth groups, right? Have a game yeah. night, have a game night, do, do, do a scavenger hunt, do something that's high on fun or Kids can invite other kids to, and well, we only have four kids. Okay, again, call call another church with a bigger youth group and say, "Hey, can we do something together? Let's do a game night. Let's get more critical mass." Right? I know everybody churches get so weird about working with other churches. Like, oh my gosh, then everybody's going to go to the other church. That rarely happens. They the kids just want to have fun, right? They just want to have an experience, and so do so do the people, by the way. And yeah. so if you don't have you know, the, the human resources to pull off something. What if you partner with another church to do it? Even like, um, Hey, we want to get traction on small groups or fellowship, right? Find a way to do one small group this, you know, after Easter before the summer, right? Whatever that looks like. Hey, we're going to do, we're going to do a class on starting point. We're going to do a, an alpha. We're going to do a class on the gospel of John. We're going to, whatever it is, right? Start one. Yeah, do it. One one group that we started a number of years ago that then changed and morphed over time, but we just called it New to Marine View. If you're new to Marine View, come to this group. It happens after church on Sunday every week. And people, it was like a, a easy drop-in opportunity. We were experiencing some some new folks and on a regular basis. And we're like, we need a, an immediate connection point for those folks that are coming in. So maybe you call it a, a, a connect at my church group. I don't know, whatever. But you know, there's a lot of opportunity just to do one thing that can help move things forward and capture this, this moment, the momentum of the moment, or the momentum is a weird word for it. Maybe the enthusiasm or the, the openness maybe is a better word or, uh, the stirring of God's spirit in people's lives or whatever language we want to put around that there's something happening that we want to respond to and not, not miss the opportunity. And, and also don't take for granted your preaching. Right. That think about when people are coming to church, maybe they're coming back, maybe they're trying it out. They want to hear a word from the Lord in their life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They want to hear it. Make sure your preaching is accessible. You know, I just can't hammer that enough. It it could be. I don't think you have to sacrifice depth to do it. Yeah. Well, I always say over and over again, don't mistake clarity for a lack of depth. Exactly. Just because someone can understand it doesn't mean it's not deep. And I would say some of the muddiest sermons, maybe they feel deep, but they probably feel deep because you're stuck in the mud and you just can't figure out what, what that person's trying to say. So clarity is important. Um, speaking God's truth into people's lives about their situation, what their experiences are is important. And remembering that every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday, maybe yeah. their first Sunday back in a long time, or maybe their first Sunday at your church, or maybe, you know, so thinking in terms of, 
a, a broader audience that expects there's to be there to be guests in the room and, and thinking with them in mind. Also, uh, don't underestimate the power of having more frequent new member classes. I know that sounds weird, especially for like, well, we don't get a ton of new members. The more opportunities you put out there, it's funny, the more people show up for them. That's what we've discovered that we used to do it, I think once or twice a year, and we're doing it four times a year now. And and when we do it, we offer two uh, options. You could do uh, like a Sunday after church, or you could do a Monday night. And it's amazing how the number of people and I think also because so many people who might think about becoming a new member, they, they forget. Yeah. Oh it's yeah. Darn. Six right. months from now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or I couldn't, I couldn't make that one. Oh, no problem. We got another one coming up in two months and yeah. you know what I mean? Exactly. So is that it's something funny, you just lead, getting Jason? people connected. Do you What's lead that? those new member classes? Who leads those? I, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. I lead it. And then, um, our, uh, communications and next step folks uh, are part of helping out uh, take up the the reins after yeah i love it that's cool and so that consistency uh presents consistent opportunity and, and we have experienced the same thing around baptism if we're not mentioning if we're not talking about it if we're not showing that people are it's going to be out of sight out of mind and so you know we we're just gotten into a better routine of saying hey if you you know you're ready to put your faith in Jesus and be baptized you know let us know we'd be happy to have that conversation with you and it sparked a number of conversations with with our people off to the side hey i think my kids are ready or this or that so i love it jason this is kind of a wide ranging <laughs> if you can't tell i i'm excited but i'm also like Ah, yeah, let's go. I, I'm yeah, feeling exactly. the urgency. I'm feeling the urgency. Yeah, there's urgency and that urgency is good. It can help us to take that step to act. And I think that's what we're after in this conversation today. It's just the encouragement to say there's an there's an opportunity here and I hope you feel that urgency to do something to respond uh to to meet that moment. And so um we want to be faithful and I think this is an opportunity to do that. Your lips to God's ears, right? Because, you, you know, that's the other thing is we want to do right by these people that the Lord is entrusting us with. I, I feel that responsibility heavily. I'm like, uh, even just from this past Sunday, we, uh, this, this is a rabbit hole. So we may not want to follow it all the way, but I also just watched. In the episode here. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Jason. I also just watched the Hillsong documentary. Okay. and. You see what happens when the push for relevance goes too far and how awful things can become too. So it's, it's not just about trying to be relevant to people. It's how am I caring for the souls that the Lord is entrusting us with? It's about the people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And meeting people where they are right now. And yeah. there's an openness right now to what God is doing in their lives or in our world. And they, there's an, there's a desire for that. So let's meet the, their, that desire with the good news, uh, with God's love, with a community that's going to welcome them and help them take those steps to grow. So, um, I love it, Jason. I, I think this is spot on and I don't know, ask me the week after Easter, maybe I'll feel <laughs> differently. I, I don't know. know. But there's sort of this ramp up into this season that is really healthy and there's an opportunity right in front of us. So can't wait to see what comes of it. So I want to encourage you one more time, pastors, you're saving money. You got some money tucked away, maybe in a fund. 
Maybe you need to go out and hire somebody in the next three months. Uh, maybe you need to hire a youth director. Maybe you need to hire um, a, a assistant pastor or something. You know, like I, maybe you just need to invest ahead of the growth. I'm telling you, if you're thinking about doing it, I really believe strongly now's the time. So bring it before the Lord. See if see if you agree. But that's definitely my sense now. And I hope this is helpful to all of you. Really, like whenever I hear a sermon that really gets me to my core, it always inspires me to take action. And sometimes it has nothing to do with the sermon. So I'm well aware you may be inspired to do something that's not anything that we talked about. <laughs> that's right. But- <laughs> probably not. In fact, probably something a lot better. But uh, again, as we talk about all the time, this is the community I, we're trying to create is that we as pastors and church leaders, that we're taking swings. We're taking swings for the sake of the gospel, and we're not afraid. And with all the shifting sand under us denominationally or culturally or whatever, you know, globally, all the shifting sand, it, it shouldn't stop us. And if we don't change in a big way how we do church in America, you know, who else is going to bring them the gospel? So just want to encourage us all. Let's keep, let's keep going. Let's keep fighting hard as it may be sometimes as we we've gotten the practice of saying this for a few months, ministry is hard. It is so much better when we do it together. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to Reclaimed Leader. Join us next time for more insights, interviews, and resources to help you in your leadership journey.